Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Muslim Renaissance. If it is your first time stopping by, welcome. If you are returning, thank you for finding us worthy and welcome. It is your host Sabina Abdurrahim Adam and this podcast is by Modest Code. And today we have an exciting personality, Kai Hamza. Stick and stay with us. Uh, okay, so my name is Kai Hamza. Um, I live in New York City. I ha- I grew up living in between Ghana and the U.S., although I was born in Ghana, and I moved here at a very young age. And like I said before, <laughs> I have spent a lot of time growing up in between two countries. However, I did spend most of like my teenage years in Ghana, and I moved back here when I was 18 years old. So yeah. Oh. I currently um I'm a student. Um I'm graduating next next week actually. But um I majored in criminal justice and minored in human rights and law. Mm, mashallah. <laughs> nice. So you see it it brings me to the question of how did you end up like choosing that path? Because I mean, how many of us actually think of paths like that? All you have to you think about is either being a doctor or an actress or something. <laughs> but then, like, it takes a lot. I don't know how or what you were thinking. At what age did you decide to go along that path? And how, how was the journey, basically? So, okay. My journey was just a lot of, like, ups and downs and meanderings. Because I remember when I was, like, eight years old, I told my mother I wanted to be Beyonce. And my oh. mother just looked at me like... <laughs> and because I was into theater, I was into dance, I was into every creative thing that you could think of at my, at my school. So my th- mom thought I was going to go to art school, actually. And so... <laughs> and so she probably just looked at me and was like, it's time to send this child to Ghana. Yeah. This, this is just <laughs> Yeah, because there is that bit of like when you are Ghanaian or maybe African in another, let's say, the States, and you start showing mm-hmm. some sign, like, I think it's time for you to go back to Ghana. We need yeah, to send for you and for your home training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I went to Ghana and then um, I was just in school because I was struggling with the tree. The teacher would just come into class and just start writing a lot of tree figures and stuff like that and explaining math and tree and I'm just looking at the board like bro I thought we were speaking English here (laughs) so at the end of the day I actually thought I was going to be a journalist because I loved writing a lot I loved writing I loved reading and like my class was just like yo you should be a journalist you should be a journalist so the first time someone actually suggested that I should go into a law career is when there was a case a theft case in my class and so everyone was like blaming the kid like oh you did this you look like the type to do it and I was like oh no I'm gonna say something on behalf of this person I don't know whether she did it or not but this and this and this and obviously the fact whatever the facts of the case is it doesn't prove that she did it and so everyone was just looking at me like yo and so what's that? Up to me like eh, and I'm just <laughs> taking the hype like eh. so my friend comes up to me he's like yo 
have you ever thought of being a lawyer? I'm like, I heard a lot of memorization. Me too. I'm not good at memorization, no. I'm not good at public speaking. Mm -mm. So fast forward to high school. I was in the mosque. And um, they were, I was actually in general arts. And I was in like in this class. And I didn't know because I just wanted to be a journalist. But then I was like, yo. I'm not even taking courses that are related to journalism. I'm here doing economics and government. Like, okay. And then so I finished and then I came back here. And my first semester, I was trying to go into forensics, which is the study of, you know, DNA and dead people and homicide and stuff like that. <laughs> so my sister was like, yo, just take a liberal arts course for one semester, see how it goes. That way, if you decide to switch, you don't have to drop your credits and it wouldn't be like you did this all for nothing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I take the course, I go one semester and I'm like, yeah, I think criminal justice just might be the path for me. So I go to criminal justice and it was fun actually, because I had a lot of fun writing essays, studying about um, racial justice and all those issues. And I was like, this is my career path. Like I have always been someone who has always seen so many things wrong, and I believe in talk, um, talking about those things. So why not just go over there and do what I do best, you know, just talking. And so that's how I got into it. And then I, I, trans, I graduated from that school, and I transferred to a four-year college. And so I was looking at the courses that I should take, and I saw law and human rights. I'm like, okay, that's a new thing. How come um, I could just venture into that, you know, somehow do a little bit of diplomacy? And I was like, okay, cool, I'll just do that. So I added that to my course, and then I just, you know, winged it. <laughs> cool. I mean, I, I, like, I like the fact that your sister actually helped you and you listened to her. If you didn't listen, like, no, like, excuse me. Oh, I'm stubborn because, like, my life. someone could tell me, <laughs> someone could tell me do this, and I'd be like, I don't want to listen to you. But I think that I know the person is right. I'm like, yo. So I'm, I'm glad I listened to her. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was so great. So um, even though Ghana didn't really, so Ghana was almost like the path for you to, you know, think about something or, you know, the yes. idea to doing what you're doing now came up. So yeah, credit yeah. to Ghana. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, credit, shout out. <laughs> okay, so then um, now, did you like experience anything like your parents being like, what? Why this cause? Like, <laughs> how did your parents react to that? My parents, the first time I told my grandmother, because I grew up with my grandmother in Ghana, and I told her that I wanted to be a lawyer. She just took one look at me and said in Hausa, Thank you, thank you. And so she calls up my, my dad and my uncle, and she's so dramatic. She is such a drama queen. And she's like, And I'm just like, okay. And my dad comes and he's like, you can practice law. You know, he's so, he's so chill. He's like, you can practice law, but you can teach it. And I'm like, no, I want to practice law, and I want to practice it. No, like, <laughs> and he's like, okay. And so, like, my grandmother comes back to New York. Um, so she came here last year. And so she meets me, and she's like, so you're still in law? You're still into that law stuff? And I'm like, yeah. So, like, you're still going to hell? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> because they feel like when you're a lawyer, you definitely lie. 
So for me, mm-hmm. I think growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. But then people like, you know, that I was saying, I was like, somehow, somehow, I don't know, maybe it was just not my path or I don't know. But then I ended up dropping it and then thinking of something else. Like, <laughs> so I really, I really understand the point you're making and how like culturally we, pe- we perceive like um, lawyers and people in the, you know, justice and yeah. terms are all like lies because you have to lie to someone to what, 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 I don't know. But then somehow that's just how they think. And, but we need to get away from that because as a Muslim community, as an ummah, mm-hmm. we need people to be in every area so that if we have issues, we could just look at, okay, now Kaya is now in, you know, um, law. So we could contact you for anything that has to do with law. But then, I don't know, people mm-hmm. don't see it that way. They just like, no, this is really... Yeah. yeah. And we need, we need allies in all fields, you know, not just in one specific field um, with for example, I mean, shout out to all my nurses, my doctors, but it's like, you see everyone just doing the same career path. Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking that there are, there are so many issues that are going on. And yes, we appreciate the fact that you're tackling that, but we need more people in different sec- um, sectors, more of our people in different sectors. We need representation. Exactly. You know, so when, so when I'm looking at representation for the Muslim community, I don't see it as just, okay, you're just a Muslim cleric or you know stuff about islam i'm looking at it from you know, all points of view where we are in all these areas and then that's how we can see development but then development doesn't come from just knowing like islamic knowledge like no we need that diversity so i'm really happy to see like you doing this and yo you are a girl like a young lady coming up here like <laughs> like are you are you serious <laughs> Because then they'll start thinking about, yeah, what about you when you get married? Can you practice when you get married? Mm-hmm. You know, like all these things. Have you ever thought of, has anyone ever come to you with the whole marriage thing and where you are, you know, trying, trying to take your life to? Has anyone come up with that? They have. You know, some people, I think they just love the idea of a strong woman, like, you know, someone who's just winging it. But then they come in there and then they see a glimpse of what your life is really like. And they're like, you know what? I love your voice. I love the way you do things. But can you like turn it down a notch? And we live in a society where we're constantly being told to be quiet, to shut up. So just so the other person can have more space. But then again, you also need that space to thrive, to, do, to be the best at what you do. So if that person, if you're potential spouse is not helping you do that then what is the point point? and i feel like that's something that people really need to be open and honest about if this is what how you feel about someone and what they are doing in terms of their career choice then let them know don't try to just mask it and then be like oh by the way i don't like what you do this is such like it's such a thing because at all times we are told to tone down and in toning down it's more like Okay, so the default Muslim girl is not supposed to be like, yeah, you can have a voice, but don't speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so that they would prefer you. Okay, yeah, she knows Islamic stuff, but she's not supposed to speak. Like, just be in your house. You have the knowledge mm-hmm. that there. But then the, the, the era we live in is way beyond, you know, just maintaining the little that you, or maybe the small kind that you find yourself. We need representation in all spheres. So it's very important. Those who tell us to tone down, I used to listen to people saying, you know, Sabina, you're quite loud. Can you just like tone down a bit? 
And I ended up doing it and it was like the mm-hmm. most difficult thing that I've ever faced because it was like you are dimming your own light. You are dimming, you know, an attribute that Allah has given you because I feel like Allah has put something unique in everyone. So then if this is what Allah has blessed you with, you're supposed to manifest it in the greatest way you can. But then people want to tone you down and when you do that, it's like going to be the most difficult time in your life. So now I'm toned for who? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need that. I know. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so much. And I'm really... And people just forget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and people just forget that. Even the women, we have women in history dating centuries back who even before this Western civilization even came into being, who are just like being role models for women, being influential women. We have Nana Khadija, we have um, Nuseiba bint Kaab. She went to war for the Prophet, peace be upon him, and she was out there teaching women in the city of Medina. You know, and we have like um, Fatima, Fatima bint um, Firi. She was the owner of the first university in the whole world, wow. which is in Morocco. And people yeah. just forget that. I don't know. I don't. So sometimes I actually feel like probably it's because maybe Muslim women's scholarship has not been, you know, a thing for discussion. And so many people mm-hmm. just see the men out there, and so they feel like, okay. What is the Muslim woman's contribution to Islamic civilization? And I tell you, there is so much data, there is so much information when you go into looking at what women have done. But even basically, for us to even use, let's say, Nana Khadija, because she's the one we know in history because of you know how she related with the Prophet Sallallahu even just her, she is someone who we can draw so much inspiration from. She had her own business. She was powerful. She was all of that. And then she chose the Prophet Sallallahu So then it tells you that being independent or being a strong woman doesn't mean, okay, just be in your room, keep mm-hmm. quiet, and just listen to what people have to say. Like, it's way more than that. But then sometimes I think people don't understand the balance a Muslim woman has to, you know, juggle in terms of her faith and then maybe her, her life in general. So people fear that, eh, yeah, you see, when a woman has so much, she ends up being a bit, uh, I'm like, she's so, not marriage material. You she, know, she's going so, to remain single. And it's just the fear, it's just a fear on other people, like the fear that people are projecting. So it's very important. Mm-hmm. And I, when I see women like, you know, going all out, being their best selves, I really like, I feel so happy about it because this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. Absolutely. Imagine if the women in the past didn't do or contribute to Islam in the way they did. How would it have, you know, made it good? Like, how would Islam be today if for not the, the contributions that these women had made in the past? So we all have something to contribute. And until you tap into the goodness in you or your potentials, you are not going to be able to contribute in the best way you can. So like this is, this is, so you're, you're, you're going to be like, um, uh, what's, what's, I don't know, which Muslim woman can I relate to and tag you with it? Mm. I'll, think, <laughs> I'll think about it and then give you that. So, um, so what about support? So you, you mentioned that your dad supported you and was like, yo, just do this. So and from what you said, so it means your sister contributed to, you know, supporting you. So how, how mm-hmm. about resources? Do you think um, 
you had access to resources? Did your personality as a Muslim woman affect your, you know, potential to access these resources or how, like, just tell us. Wait, resources, referring to? To, to studying um, the course that you're studying now in terms of maybe anything that you might need to help you gain as much knowledge. It could be opportunities. It could be just um, access to the books or something. Yeah. Actually, I think my personality contributed a lot to me even getting resources. <laughs> I remember, because um, I did manage to get into a few societies and a few clubs, and, you know, there, um, like, my pre-law institute, they're sort of, like, pre-med, you know, how you're going to med school, and they're like, okay, we're going to help you prepare to get to med school, so we have, like, this program. So I was in a program for that, but for law students. And, like, when I first walked into to a room, and they were helping us write our personal statements. And um, technically they just help us with that. And I walked in and I'm like, you know what? And everyone's just writing about their story and I'm just sitting there like, okay, do I have anything that that was impactful? Like what has been, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna cut out raw. I'm gonna be authentic. No lying, no covering up, no trying to make myself seem greater than I am. I'm gonna keep it at 100. I'm gonna keep it um, humble. And I did that and I brought my personality along with me. And before I knew it, because they ended up giving out prizes, like um, certificates to the best people who wrote the best like personal narratives. And then I got one of those and I was like, oh my God. So I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I got one. The self is so important. <laughs> so I'm walking past, I didn't even know the president of my university was there because she was sitting there, she just came incognito. She was just like, and I'm like, who's this? So I'm walking past and I see someone grab me and give me a hug. And then I drove yeah. back. I'm like, thank you. So at the end of the day, I was just searching online for something. And I see her pop up, the president of our university. I'm like, that's the same woman who hugged me. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that was so great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think personality is something that has helped me keeping it um real keeping it 100 great and i think sometimes people fail to do that because for you to look good or for you to you know represent yourself properly you need to you know make sure the english and everything is just right and properly put together <laughs> i mean it's not wrong to do that but then still present yourself even within that text even within that absolutely statement that you're putting together because sometimes i feel like um we feel we might not get access to certain resources because of who we are, maybe physically, as a, as a Muslim woman. Um, for the most part, your appearance just gives you away. So then some people feel, ah, you know, I wear a veil, so like, I don't think I can actually get kind of things. So they just shut you off. But then I feel like if you don't get to the door, if you don't ask, how would you get these opportunities? Sometimes we don't put ourselves out there to, you know, gets or even knock on the door for us to be told okay no we don't need people like you i mean i'd rather knock and then not get anything than presume i'm not going to get opportunity and then sit back mm-hmm. and, out and that so it's very important that you presented who you are and then someone loved it and alhamdulillah it has you know brought you to where you are so now it brings me to the um, topic of how did you like did you pray about it did you say Oh yeah, Allah, right now I'm in a dilemma because I have so many interests. Because obviously you look like you have so many interests. 
So did you pray about it or you just went with your guts and then this, you know? Okay, so <laughs> in, the, in the words of a fellow New Yorker, they're like, New Yorkers don't, New Yorkers just don't look at stuff whether we should do it or not. We just jump into it. So that's something that I did at first, but then I was like, you know what? My sister was like, you know what? Praise the Hara. You know, she's always like the type of, praise the Hara. Praise the Hara. Whatever it is, praise the Hara. If you're looking for a king, praise the Hara. And I'm like, sis, I thought we only pray it's out of our husbands. And she's like, um, nope. So I was like, you know what? Let me just try that. But I didn't pray it's out of though. I ended up doing a prayer. And so I was just like, my regular prayer. And I was just like, it's Jude, you know, because they say that um making a dua in your sujood also is very good so i did that you know and that's something that also did help me alhamdulillah alhamdulillah i think sometimes alhamdulillah. it's difficult for you to like yeah it's we know it's just for marriage but then it just i know that it goes beyond that and sometimes i feel like you know um prayer doesn't really have to be like in that's very specific way like when you build a relationship with Allah, you can always ask Him when you are in need. It doesn't have to be like because some people find it like like you know, it's a bit you know. But then when you just pray about it, you just tell Allah and then you look at how things unfold. But I think it's very important for us to also understand that Istihara is for everything about our lives and not just absolutely. Yeah. Um, so right now we are always, you know wrapping up our conversation on your career but then do you think um you would go into other aspects of the cause that you're doing maybe the islamic perspective to it like what are your um, goals the islamic um aspect of it i could definitely definitely see myself doing like, like some jurisprudence it's something i could totally see myself doing you know just reading into that even if i because um, I feel like it's so helpful, especially as a Muslim, because sometimes people tend to forget that when they get education, they're first and foremost a Muslim before they are any other person. And it's very, sometimes it gets very difficult, especially in certain aspects, like f- trying to find that balance between Islam and whatever it is that you're doing, because you don't want to overstep your boundaries and go and say something or or do something that will offend your creator so now you're in the middle so it's important to somehow know the islamic aspect of that and the islamic rulings on that subject that you're studying about and then so you can um know where you stand you know so that's definitely something i could see myself doing that's so great and i'm very happy that like you are considering it because it's very important to know what islam says um, about something and islam has so much and then you could even learn from that and even inculcate it in the, the secular knowledge you have. Absolutely. And then you'll be great, inshallah. We really pray for you to exceed even your expectations of who you want to be in this path that you've chosen to be. And may Allah continue to help you, make it easy for you because we are rooting for you, inshallah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think the audio just went off. (laughs) 
oh my god i think the audio just like went off like totally went off okay so um i want to also ask that when when ramadan started of course ramadan is here we can't just move without saying anything um how has you know ramadan affected you and your um learning and everything oh you were always wrapping up when ramadan started right yeah of course i mean ramadan has been so different very different as compared to the different years um especially with this quarantine and this um covid situation and learning it's been sort of like really different because i'm not the type to do online class i see online class i'm like boy bye like nope so this year i had to like definitely go all out online and i was like okay that means i'm probably gonna have to push myself twice as much to get my results so here i am like just pushing sometimes like and then you get, you get used to like staying at home sometimes like it gets so challenging because you there are a lot of people i come from a big family and then two you just wake up and then you forget what day it is. You don't even know if it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And then you're here forgetting your classes and then you wake up and you're seeing that your professor is inviting you to a Zoom call. You're like, what? Oh my God. How am I going to walk into this? And um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm grateful. Alhamdulillah, I was able to do whatever I needed to do. And also I have had some more time to um, shoot because I also have been shooting videos for my YouTube. So I've had a lot of time for blogging and stuff like that. What's your handle so that people can check you out? (laughs) So my handle is simply Kai Hamza. (laughs) Okay, that's for your web blog or something? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, all right, all right, cool. So you're going to definitely check you out and see all you do. Thank you. <laughs> you guys might be tempted to run away because I talk too much. Like I just get on the camera, I'm like, tip one, two, tip two, tip three, and people are like, "What did we just sign up for?" <laughs> we are good. <laughs> okay. So what's your plan for Eid now that you know lockdown? pandemic everything in between <laughs> so i have never been one to let eid pass me by like simply like if you think i'm going to watch eid just like float away without me doing anything yeah yeah you're kidding i'm taking pictures i'm dressing up i'm walking out even if it's for 15 seconds i'll take it i'll come back and i'll wipe my face as if Thank nothing you. happened yeah, because I mean, the spirit of Ramadan should not be let go, or just we don't have absolutely to just because we are, in, you know, in the pandemic or whatever. Just enjoy your life because Ramadan was twenty nine or thirty days, and you have just one day. It's just two times in a year, so like we don't have to, you know, just let it go. Enjoy your life, have fun, and do all that brings you joy, and then inshallah, even that's an act of ibadah, and people, you know, kind of lose focus of that it is an act of ibadah to do you know all those actions so ramadan or eid mubarak to you in advance oh, eid mubarak in advance yeah so eid mubarak to you um i pray for you and your family goodness in this world and the next inshallah thank you so much i wish the same for you and your family thank you thank you oh my god even though this is like a this is so like an interview i almost was about to ask you like what are you doing for (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this ballet. Is- <laughs> it's fine. I mean, for me, um, I had a plan to just, you know, um, dress up, maybe order something or maybe. Oh, yay. Yeah, just order something. I was actually thinking of a cake with Ramadan Mubarak, Eid Mubarak. Why do I keep saying Ramadan? This me too. Eid Mubarak, honey. Because <laughs> my mom, my mom, I was telling my mom tomorrow, because tomorrow's my birthday. Inshallah. Oh. And then my mom was like, I was telling my mom, like, are you going to celebrate it? What are we doing? She's like, if it's, if it falls on Eve, we're going to get you a cake. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I mean, sometimes yeah. like, just get the cake, eat it. I mean, sometimes, why do we forget we are adults and that we can just buy cake and eat at any time without it being your birthday? I know, right? Like, and then like, I get really sneaky with my purchases because, like, my parents, they're like, are you buying stuff in this quarantine? And I'm just like, pick up the package. Is she you know, <laughs> Sanitize it. Even when you have money, sanitize the money. I'm sure my dad, if he gets money, he'll put sanitizer on it and then clean it like this before he puts it in his pocket because it's so. Oh my god, I think the volume just went away again. Uh oh. All right. Um, I mean, this has been so lovely talking to you. And. I don't okay, know. I think the audio just stopped again. Let me just try. Oh. It's waking yeah, the up. The audio just like went away. I don't even know if you can hear me. I can hear you. Oh, you can hear me. Thank you so much for having me. This was like so fun. I am so grateful you invited me. I was so excited because I literally did not sleep. I was like, no, she's going to call. She's going to call. She's going to call. And then you call. I was like, eh. <laughs> I know I'm okay. overly enthusiastic. I'm, it's crazy. So okay. thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Bye.